Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned, and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. On today's episode, I sit down with a 25-year-old man who recently went through a breakup when his ex-girlfriend's parents found out that he has Asperger's syndrome. He shares what having Asperger's is like, how it does and doesn't impact his daily life and relationships, the common misconceptions are of those with this disability. We hear what his relationship was like, how the breakup unfolded, and how painful it is to be discriminated against because of a disability. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD, or any CBD for that matter, you are missing out. Mindset Wellness CBD's products, all of their gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, organic, and they taste incredible. They have helped my anxiety, they've helped me sleep at night, and I couldn't recommend them more highly. Head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. And welcome into the episode. Thank you so much for being here. Why don't we start by having you introduce yourself and what you're here to talk about? I'm here to talk about my most recent relationship and how it essentially ended because of my disability. And what is that disability? It's uh, it's called Asperger's syndrome. So for those who are unfamiliar, or just for those who really don't know, what actually is Asperger's syndrome and how does that impact you and other people who have it? In short form, it's a form of autism. So everything's now under the autism spectrum. You can't say someone has autism, someone has this, someone has that. It's all under a big sort of paradigm. And to my understanding of it, it's a disability that essentially like autism, only it's very almost mild, but also in the sense of you have these certain sort of fixation on things and you move to the next thing, move to the next thing. And again, there's a lot of things that, that are very similar to autism, but not exactly the same. Best way I can explain it. Does it impact everyone the same or like if, if you have it and somebody else has it, like, do you fixate on the different, on the same things or is it different and to like different extents? How does it really manifest across different types of people? It is very subjective. So how every, how someone, how one person responds to it would be completely different from how someone else would respond to it. So for example, like I said before, similar to autism, there's these sort of I guess the best way to describe it is sensory reactions. Like you don't respond well to certain noises or sounds or bright lights. Or so, for example, myself, um, one thing I've always had an issue with, and I've never, well, actually, I've, not that I've never been honest about, but like it's always affected me is um, fireworks. So like I, like I cannot, I cannot be around the sound of fireworks. I'll have to either put my AirPods in or I have to be like inside. I don't. I don't, uh, I do not like the sound of them. It made me bond with my dog because he also doesn't like them. <laughs> We're just like, I was yeah. about to say, is it insensitive to say you and my dog have that in common? <laughs> yeah, basically. No, we were, we'd be like sitting in my laundry room being like, okay, let's hang out for a little bit. And like my dog, like me and him have kind of like a weird relationship, but it's like, you know, this is the one thing we can bond over. We both hate fireworks. So <laughs> there you go. There's you always go. something you can find. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would literally sit in the bathroom with my dog with like the shower running and music playing um, to like kind of distract it from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
what are there are some common misconceptions about Asperger's or or living with Asperger's? Obviously, you from our conversation for the last like 20 minutes that we've been talking before we recorded, it seems like you live a very normal life. Well, yeah, that's and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about with you, Alana, is that there seems to be this giant misconception, excuse me, misconception of one of two things where it's either um, you're either a savant and the opposite end, which I'm going to bear, bear with me here. It's very like you can't function on your own. And I, I think there's no understanding of the middle ground here. It's like there's there's assumption like, oh, it's very black and white thinking. It's, you know, you, you can't deal with people. You're not social, which is something else I never I didn't even get to mention, which was, you know, there's a lack of social skills. Like uh, there was a show. What's the show called on Netflix? Inside Job. Have you ever watched it? I haven't. It's really good. Uh, Lizzie Capon's the lead. It's like animated series, like very much like a raunchy, R-rated sort of animated show about deep state. And one of the jokes in the show is like the main character, she's this scientist and she's wickedly smart. And she's like, and all of her coworkers and her parents are like, you probably have Asperger's because you are like so wickedly smart. It's beyond, but you have no idea how to talk to people. You have no idea how to like be around people and like, you know, kind of show love and affection and warmth and like be a normal person. You just, it's just work, work, work for you. So. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for kind of all of that helpful context. I think that definitely sets the stage. I want to transition into talking about the relationship that you wrote into me about. So why don't you kind of just paint a little picture of the relationship that you were in, how long yeah. you were in it for and, um, also kind of go back to the beginning with when you were dating this person and you did communicate for the first time that you had Asperger's and and how that conversation went. Mm -hmm. So I can say, I'm going to start this by saying, by process by saying like, there is no hatred. There's no anger. There's no, I want to be completely transparent when I say like the relationship was absolutely positive. It was probably one of the best I've been in it was the longest I've been in actually like I was with this girl for a little bit over a year um it's kind of like a running joke in my family where it's like oh yeah like he's a single guy so like he's probably gonna end up a priest or something like he's got like no shot so and essentially the I don't remember the exact time when I told her you know hey by the way this is what I have but I do remember it was early on and you know, she was okay with it. She said, you know what? Like I want to be with you for who you are and you are a kind person and you are a empathetic person and you are a patient person. And that kind of set the tone for how that relationship was. There was, we, there was very few times when there was anger, where there was arguments there was like it was very much like if something was upsetting us we would talk about it and said okay like what is upsetting you how can i help you and what can i do to make make so make sure this doesn't happen again it was very i want to say extremely productive and it showed not just me but to a lot of people to say you know what like yeah you you clearly are capable of being in a very loving and healthy relationship because you showed that several times over you jumped through hoops and this and this is where I kind of start noticing there was red flags. It was with it was with the family. She had said, you know, the my family they don't they don't particularly 
they don't want people being with people who are who have things like me or could be anything. They just ignore that and they say, you cannot, she told me right away, you cannot tell your fam- my family about your disability ever. Oh. Like you cannot, like, or else they will make me break up with you. Wow. Yeah. And this is, um, and I, I'd later learned that they had done this, not just with previous boyfriends, but with friends too. They said, we don't like this person. You need to get rid of them. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it was, it's extremely disturbing. Like I, I it. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really scary to hear, especially when it's like you're in this really great relationship and you're really happy in it and she's supportive of you and it doesn't care that you have Asperger's. She's dating you for who you are. And, and she's like, I am with you for who you are and I like you for who you are, but my family is not going to. Mm -hmm. And that's the funny thing. They, they loved me. They thought I was great. They thought I was, cause they were so respectful. I'd, I put whatever I was going on in my life, I put that on hold for her. Like I would, and they say, Oh my God, you're doing such a big help to us. Like, okay. No, I, I appreciate it. Like, I don't, I don't care. I don't mind. But um, anyways, as I was going on, so by the end of the relationship, uh, there was essentially um, like, we were talking about like even potentially buying a place together. We were touching, talking about, you know, looking into maybe down the line, you know, finding somewhere we can call our own home. And uh, I got to the point where something had happened and uh, they had, I guess something had happened with a family member of hers and he got upset at me and they basically said, yeah, you have to break up with him because of this. Or this is what I was told initially. This gets more interesting as the story goes on. So I'm at work and I'm getting a text. And I've been dumped over text and phone enough times to know how these conversations go. So I, so it says, yeah, she was planning on coming over, you know, to do some studying. She said, I can't come over tonight. And she's like, I need to talk to you when you're done work. And I just responded with, are you breaking up with me? She said, I'm sorry. And like, wow. I was like, I feel like, like I work in education. So I had to step out of the classroom trying to like do damage control. And then like, so another teacher came by, she's like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm like, getting dumped over the phone. And like, Oh, she's like, I'll watch your class for a second. You just deal with this. And like, it was brutal. Like my family was very supportive during this whole time, which was fantastic. Like my dad's like, things are going to get better. You know, like he told me he loved me, which was shocking because it's like, I haven't heard him tell me he loved me in so long. And I hadn't told him I loved him in a while either. So it was like, somehow this came out of it, which is a positive. Um, My mom was very supportive. And you know, for, I just left it alone. I'm like, there's nothing I can do at this point. And I lived under that assumption until a few weeks later. We so, knew- so hold on. So the assumption yeah. was that it was because of this like argument or disagreement you got in with, with family member. Like that's what she said was the reason or yeah. why did she say she was breaking up with you? She essentially said that was the reason they said he can't come here anymore. You can't see him anymore and you can't talk to him anymore because you're going to give him hope. Wow. Yeah. So until a few weeks later, I got a, um, you know, we, at this point we were kind of communicating. It was more cordial. And she said, you know, let's, let's meet somewhere. Let's talk. Okay. So we go to like, uh, we see each other at, uh, I don't know if you guys have these in America, Michael's. They're like, a. we have a Michael's craft store. Yes. That's the one I'm talking about. Oh, so like, so great. yeah. Love Michael's. Yeah. Big fan. So, you know, we were talking and then she's like, 
I need to tell you something. And I said, what are you going to tell me? And like, she said, well, um, the, she's like, they know. And my, I'm thinking like, what do you mean they know who's they and what do they know? Like, I'm, I'm really confused here. And she looked at me and she's like, they know about you. And then I'm like, about my, and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, can you explain to me what exactly happened here? She's like, okay. So essentially it had got into this, some, they got that call about this person became this big yelling night saying like, does he have some sort of condition that you haven't told us about? Okay. And she said, yeah. And she came to that point because a few months, several months earlier, she got really sick. And this was um, right before I got really sick. And we didn't end up seeing each other for a full month in person because of how sick we were. And, um, you know, her parents would say, you know, you have to fight for the person you love. You know, even if you mean that means you're going to fight with the parents, you know, you have to stand up for your partner in a way. And and then they find out about this. She's like, you know, I thought they would be a little more empathetic about that. And lo and behold, they were not. They said, you can't be with this person because he's never going to be normal. He's beneath the normal person. Your kids are going to be messed up if you have them. And she and they told her, do not tell him this because it will make us look bad. I mean, it's just crazy that for so long you said they loved you. Yeah. And it was when they found out this piece of essentially irrelevant information um, for like in most cases of information that they didn't like and it flipped everything. It changed Mm -hmm. the narrative. Yeah. So it just, it became that and that was, and she said, I couldn't tell you because I didn't want you to feel like you couldn't be loved. I couldn't tell you the truth. She's like, I knew if I told you, you would think I, like, I couldn't be with you, 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 in your mind, you'd think, you know, what? like, no one will love me. No one will be in a relationship with me because of this. And it's like, in a way, well, what these parents did essentially was, was discrimination. Like, that's what it was crystal clear it was discrimination but like and and then being like but don't don't like he can never know this like it'll make us look bad it's like they knew they were doing something wrong yeah so it's like at this point like there's nothing like there's nothing i can do um at this point we haven't we haven't spoken to each other like not since then but we we, uh, got to a point where we were trying myself my family we were trying to help her out with this situation because obviously what was going on at home wasn't good um so and then she kind of just said you guys need to let me deal with this on my own i said okay we'll we'll let you deal with it you can figure it out when when you want to come and talk to us we'll be we don't you know where we are i haven't heard from her since wow when when she said that she didn't want to tell you because she didn't want you to feel like you couldn't be loved a few questions about that so i know in when you first started saying telling the story you mentioned that like it was kind of the sign of like okay like I can be in a, a healthy loving relationship like that's something that you can do is that where did you fear or did your family fear that that wouldn't be the case that you wouldn't be able to do that well no and that's the funny thing because you know my my fam- I've I've had this diagnosis since very 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 late on compared to early on so I'll give you a little more context here so when I was in kindergarten my kindergarten teacher wanted me tested because she's like I think something like he might have this and my parents did not want me 
uh, diagnosed. They didn't want me tested because they didn't. They said we wouldn't allow him to have. An, they wouldn't allow him to have a normal childhood. Which, you know, as someone who works in the educational field now, I strongly advocate for people to. If you see something, it's a very good opportunity to go get your child tested. Don't ignore this. Like you, you really need to do this for the benefit of your of your kid, right? And it, I kind of wish I was, and I, I still hold a little bit of. I don't want to say resentment, but like a little bit of gripe for that, because like, what, what stopped you? Like, what, what were you so scared about at this point? So, um, eventually I did get diagnosed and I was, um, I think it was 16, 17. And it's like, like I was saying, it, it, it kind of made me think, you know what, like, this is what my, this is kind of knowing that I can be a good person. I know none of this was my doing. I'm, I know I'm, I, I know I can be a good person. I know I can be a a good partner. I know I can be a good romantic partner. And excuse me, that's the best I can say about that. If that actually answers your question, I feel like I rambled on a little out there. No, no, no it's good. I ramble away always. Um, so when, when she did say what she said about like, I didn't want to tell you this because did what did you feel in that moment? I mean, did you feel like, well, she's like, I wish she didn't tell me this. Or did you feel like, well, yeah, that is how I feel now. Like, I do feel like I can't be loved. Like if this is, if you're the person who like, I was starting to plan like a life with, and mm-hmm. this is how this happened. Like, how did you feel about what she said? And, and do you wish that she didn't tell you that? I had wished she had told me that from the get go, but I felt mm-hmm. lied to. I felt very, very hurt by what, by not like if you were going to tell me something honestly then i appreciate that you were being honest with me if yeah. you kind of diverge it and it's like what do you it, that what hurts me more it wasn't the fact that you didn't it's not the fact that you told me it, uh, it's not the fact that you're telling me at all it's the fact that i was lied it essentially lied to like i mm-hmm. i'm more hurt when someone when someone lies to me than when someone you know like doesn't then tells me the truth. Like I appreciate if someone goes to me and says like, okay, like this is how it is. And it's like, like, what are you, what are you trying to dance around here? Like what, why are you, why are you actively trying to like, it's like you're almost, it's almost like you're trying to diffuse a bomb by creating another bomb, another bomb to subset the original bomb. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. That that always is such a hard thing to navigate. And that's a really good metaphor for it because it's like in her mind, she was protecting you, mm-hmm. but she wasn't No, like it. And, and maybe she tried to put herself in one of your shoes, but not both of your shoes. You know, like she tried to think like, Oh, it'll be easier for him not to hear this, but she didn't think like, well, he deserves to know the truth. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the thing. Like she, like she was able to tell me and, and at the end of the day, like I appreciate that she was honest with me. Like that was one of the very first things I said when we decided we were going to be in a relationship. I said, I will never, I I don't lie to people. I will never lie. I don't lie. I don't even lie to my own students. I tell them if something's real, if you wrote something and it's really bad, it's really bad. Like you need to go and fix this. Like, yeah. but if it's, especially with something like a relationship, that's like the, that's the foundation. The foundation is honesty. If you're not truthful about like, you know, like, what you do and who you are, then like, it's almost like you're not even dating that person. You're dating an idea of a person. And that's, that's not okay. That's, 
it's not like if you want to be with me you got to know who i am you have to know what kind of what kind of what things i value what kind of things I, my interests are what i want to do and you have to understand that and yeah. you have to kind of you know maybe you don't have to in, in your own mind support it or recognize it but be like you know okay like what what can i what can I do to help you? What can I do to be your, your biggest cheerleader? Like you kind of got to be your own biggest cheerleader. I feel like you're crying or you're like blowing your nose. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I was sneezing and then blowing my nose. <laughs> Fair point. You don't want to do it like right into the mic. I, go mic I always go on mute. I have really bad allergies. So it happens all the time. So I, I'm like oh, constantly just pressing mute when I need to like sniffle or sneeze. <laughs> I would say, be, I don't know if you take decongestants, but be careful with those because those are creating false positives with a uh, rapid test. Oh, that's really interesting. That's yeah. Good to know. Well, all of my rapid tests have been negative. So beautiful. <laughs> but I'll keep that in. Yeah, I take a lager D every day. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I will look out for that when I take when my, my next test. Of course. Um, yeah. And, and with everything that you said, it's like you also have to give that in return. Like you expect honesty you're, you're going to be honest and you're, you expect honesty in return. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a relationship. It's not a relationship. Like you said, you're, you're accidentally dating who you think someone is not who they really are. Yeah. It's like, it's it's better to kind of just like, okay, this is a person I am. Like, I'm not saying like right away, like, okay, this is who I am. It's like, okay, like, right. Hold up. Peel back the layers one yeah. layer at a time. Yeah. It's like, it's like Shrek, you know, like ogres have layers. Ogres have, and it's like, okay, like that's what you got to do. Like you learn about the person, but like, yeah, I, I, I bared a lot of things that I hadn't, I didn't tell anyone that I kept to myself for over a decade. And it's just, you know, I don't know if anyone takes anything from this listeners of seeing other people, the foundation of a healthy and positive and good, good, good relationship is always true honesty. Yeah, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I'm I'm still not past the fact that all that this conversation unfolded in Michael's. Um, it was actually in a chapters. No. It moved. It, we started out of Michael's and we migrated to a chapters. I don't know if you guys have chapters. What's it's chapters? Like, it's like a bookstore. So, like, I don't know okay. if you guys have Indigo or or Cold. No. no. Okay, so yeah, chapters. If this chapters. conversation unfolded in a chapters. Okay, so next time, next time you guys are in a Barnes and Noble, just just think about what conversations might be happening around. Oh man. Um, <laughs> okay. But, um, Duly noted. Wow. Okay. So so after after this conversation happened, I mean, did how were you feeling after this conversation versus after the first breakup conversation and? How how was it really impacting you? Well, I was honest with her. I said I don't I don't know I don't know how much I can trust you anymore. How do I how do I know what you're saying is the truth and is not the truth? And you had and she would have to re-earn my trust because that's what it was at the end of the day. And at this point, we were still trying to say, you know what, like wait for me, wait. Like we were kind of just both saying, like I wanted to wait, I was willing to wait. And now I realize, like, that's not really feasible. It's not. And sad as it is to say, like, you have to kind of, you kind of have to be like, okay, like, there's a point where you kind of have to start figuring your own stuff out. Like, and how everyone does it is on their own time. Like, 
take your own time to figure out when you want to say, you know what, maybe I'm ready to jump back on the horse, right? Like one of my best friends, he was, he was telling me right away. He's like, come on, let's, are you ready to jump back on the horse? Are you ready to jump back on the horse? I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I, I know myself too well. Like, I'm not ready to get myself back into something like this. I'm still kind of emotionally and mentally dealing with the damages, right? Because now, like, I have a little bit of anxiety about ever sharing something like that. Because what if something, what if the exact same thing happens, right? Like, every anxiety I had about my relationships came true with this one, you know? I didn't want to be broken up with over the phone again. That happened. I didn't want it to happen because of my disability. That happened. It was just, so it's like I'm, I'm a little more hesitant now. Hesitant, hesitant is the best word here. I, I'm a little more hesitant. Yeah, and I mean, that makes complete sense. It's your walls are going up and you're trying to protect yourself by not putting yourself in the position to get hurt again. And I mean, that's something that anyone who's been through any form of breakup or a, a traumatic breakup um, can relate to. And I know I definitely can too. It's it's tough, especially when it really seemed like it was going well with her and, and mm-hmm. she was so supportive and loved you for you and, and all of those positive things that you said. And obviously you started out by saying like, you hold, you don't, you're not holding a grudge. Like you're not no. like mad or angry. Like she, she's a wonderful person. She is. Goes to show like how much you did care and how much you valued her and, and still do. And so that makes it even harder because you can't just be like, oh, well, like screw her, fuck her. I'm moving on. Like, no, that's not how you feel. And for a lot of different reasons, and that does make it harder. Yeah. Like I don't have any ill will I, like I, I do think she's a very great person I think she's very kind I think she's very selfless she's beyond selfless probably one of the best people I've ever met she's got a great sense of humor I, I that like I again I have nothing bad nothing bad to say about this girl at all she's absolutely fantastic and I really hope yeah. she figures out she figures herself out and she figures her stuff out I really hope she does. Do you think that with her or anyone else um, or for anyone else with Asperger's, is it possible to have this successful relationship and partnership if the family isn't supportive? Like if she were to not listen to her family, do you think it could have worked? Or if she, if she said like, well, I don't care and I'm going to be with him and have kids with him and do all the things I want with him. Um, whether it be her or somebody else, could that work or would you, how would you feel knowing that the family doesn't support you? See that I don't know because I've never, well, I guess I can say now I haven't been in a situation like that, but I don't know if it, I've never been at a point where I've never been in a situation where it got to that point where it's like, screw them. We're going off on our own. We're going, we're going off roading. So like, I would like to believe that you know what things would have worked out and there's the fairy tale ending but this is real life it's it's not a fairy tale unfortunately and I, I don't know how that would work out like I come like I talked about this with you just before we started recording like I like I'm Italian I'm Catholic I come from a big family my fan like both both sides of my family communicate we have a we all have a very good relationship and funny enough um, I think this was like right before we had like more stricter, more stricter restrictions here where I am. Um, 
we had like my both sides of my family over and this was the first time we'd all gone together in almost three years and I guess my mom put a picture of it on Instagram and someone a friend of her said like wow this is like so weird and she's like what's weird about it she's like your whole family talks your whole family like actually likes each other and it's and to me like and my mom said this too she said if it ended up coming to the point where you and your ex got back together and tried this again obviously the family's not you don't have any heart in your heart to 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 like your their family and even to, or even to forgive them like i don't know if i could forgive them but that being said you wouldn't be used to not having a big family you wouldn't be used to having talked to just one side and that's something you have you would have to reconcile in your own mind and she made a good point she made a fantastic point by that because it's you're thinking about okay well you're right like i don't have as many cousins to talk to i wouldn't have as many i wouldn't have as many family members to talk to it's like well they i'm I'm dead to them as far as i'm aware so do you think i mean obviously you haven't spoken to the family or her family about this but like if you if you had like hypothetically if you got to sit down at a table or walk around a michael's or a bookstore with her parents <laughs> what what would you say to them about why they're wrong um i've never actually thought about that i've never really thought about like what i would say to them or i i've never actually given it much thought to think of like what would what would i say to these people um, what I say to these people or like what I would want to say, because, you know, like I, I'm, I guess part of this last reason is something I've, and this is more just a me thing. Like I'll speak before I think it out. And like, sometimes I'll say something and, or do something and not even like think of the repercussions. And it's like, okay, like, I don't want to basically say something that's gonna, so like, I, sometimes it's better just not to say it. Like I'd have nothing to say to these people because now I know what kind of people they are and I know I'm a victim of it. So it's like, what am I, what, what can I, or will I say to them that that will change that point of view? Yeah. Is what it is. That's a really good point. Yeah. 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 It's cause it's like, you know, this is their opinion. It's not going to change. Obviously if their daughter's love for you wasn't enough to change it, like you're not, you're not going to change. Their exactly. You're not going to change their opinion of you. Um, but I mean, it just sucks that that is what ultimately got in the way. Um, I mean, in in general, um, for anyone listening who has like might come across somebody who has Asperger's or um, anything else on on the autism spectrum, what do you think they should know about dating somebody like that? About whether or not it can work about what types of things they are going to need to do to support them. Um, Cause I think, I mean, a huge reason that I like to do unfiltered episodes is because we never know who we're going to end up sitting down from. We never know what mm-hmm. that person's story, that person's experience, that person's life. And we never know what they're going to tell us. And obviously we've all, we all have something like we, yeah. nobody's life is perfect. It's easy breezy. There's always something deeper underneath that we do have to ultimately tell somebody that we're going to form a partnership with. And so for somebody who maybe would never think like, Oh, I'm going to date somebody with Asperger's or like Hmm. something else, like, and then they end up doing that. What would you want them to know about it? And what do you think maybe their, like the fears that they have around it, 
that maybe they don't need to have? Okay. Um, so I guess one, I guess I can give some tips and tricks in this sense. Um, one thing to kind of, like I said, from the get go, throw the black and white stuff out the door. Like, it's not like, oh, they must be like super, super smart. Like they must know like how to like, you know, brain man, like an entire casino out of a, mu- out of a bunch of money or whatever. It's, it's more like these are people too. They're not their disabilities. They're actual people and they and they have feelings. People like me have feelings. Like we're like I'm talking to you like I'm having a con- normal function conversation. I'd assume we'd probably be friends after this and be like, oh my God, hey Alana, what's up? Let's let's go for let's go hang out at Stark or something. Talk about the Jonas brothers. I don't know. I saw that picture Hell back yeah. there. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's do it. Um Another thing is you got to be absolutely clear on your intentions. Like, don't like this was more, I guess, for me, but it was more like know right away what what you what you're going to get into. Don't don't be in this position where it's like, okay, well, yeah, this is we're going to do this and ends up leading to this. It's like, hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's set some ground rules like right from the get-go so we kind of know what's going on here what we're going to do xyz um i guess the third thing is learn learn their in like this is like any relationship learn their interests like they like we like things like i like for example i i told you before the podcast i used to do a podcast on wrestling i love wrestling i i still do and my ex she wasn't the biggest wrestling fan. She trained in combat arts for a while and she had to stop. So she would like make fun of me and being like, Oh my God, this is, this looks so fake. And then, um, <laughs> and, uh, eventually like, I like, she made it, she made it up, uh, upon herself to actually like learn like insider terminology, like what's a face, what's a heel, what's heat, what's, o- what's being over like certain little, like what's a universal, like certain little things like that. And you're like, like you don't actually have to make the time for that. Like she did. She she genuinely took my interest. You, you take someone's interest to heart, and that's that's again why I say like this was probably one of the best relationships I've ever had. Not one of the best relationship I've ever had until everything that happened. Um, that being said, um, let me think. You also kind of have to like be aware of those certain triggers. Like there are going to be certain things where it's like I can't even be in the room. Like it, it will just like no. So you know, trying to say okay, let's go to Mikey. So say oh, let's go, let's go watch fireworks. Like mm, maybe not. Like I'm not, I'm not a big like fireworks person. Oh, but like no, like you're literally. It's almost like it's almost like triggering a massive amount of anxiety. Like for me, for example, I don't. I just like the sound freaks me out like able i'll be hiding in a car or like hiding in my room or something my mom who's downstairs can probably attest to it too she'll probably be yelling yeah that's true like but um (laughs) (laughs) but uh no no um like it could be for anyone like there's certain things where it's like okay like let them kind of ease into it let them figure it out on their own then be like okay you know what like i have this sort of closed mindset let me let me open it on my own don't don't open it like yourself and be like, there you go. It's like too much, too much, too much. Let's like slowly wean into it. Right. 
and this is totally unrelated to what we're talking about here, but it's it's funny because there's a lot of discrimination on ability, not just in in romantically, but also in professional life. Like in my industry, I was told never to bring it up because people like me will never be able to run a classroom. People like me will never be able to, you know, to be teachers. And I've had professionals tell me that. I've had mentor teachers tell me that. I've had, I've had friends tell me that. Like, just don't ever bring it up. Just sh- shut your mouth. Like, because if they see that you have that, then it'll be like, oh, here's a problem. We got to just get rid of them. We'll just flip them. Why even bother? So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, th- there's a point where it's like, just talk about your stuff. Like, be, like, like if something if if you don't say anything and there's clearly an issue, like it's gonna just damage you more in the long run. Just just say this is this is what's going on. Like I so like right now I have a teaching assignment until the end of the school year in June. And I was honest in my interview. I said, Look, like I I have a disability, I have this. Okay. And I've been incredibly supported by the administrators at the school. They've been fantastic. They've been like the teacher I took over for, she's incredible. She was very supportive. And she's like, I I know how you feel because I also have this. And it's just, it, it creates this sort of camaraderie. And it's like, it's it's nice to know that like these ideas, that the very antiquated ideas are, are slowly, not right away, but slowly kind of getting pushed away and being like, anyone can do anything really if it's, if it's possible. So. Well, I'm so happy to hear how supported your the administration and and the entire school was. I mean, that's obviously like the goal is for every everyone to be like that. And um, I mean, it it is interesting how everybody told you like don't bring it up, mm-hmm. but it's I mean, it's beautiful to see that you did and that it was received well. Um, and I I mean, I think what you said about like being like don't be closed-minded, be open-minded and, and be open to learning about someone's triggers, be open to learning about what, what things are, are okay and are not okay. I mean, that's exactly it. It's like, and that's kind of in any relationship, like the first three things that you listed as things that like people should know or do are exactly what you should do in any relationship. Be mm-hmm. interested in what somebody's passionate about. Like that's any relationship, be like communicative, be be upfront about what this is and what it's going to be set those boundaries. Like and the majority of what you listed is, is what anybody, anybody who doesn't have a disability should also be doing. And so, or it's somebody who isn't dating a, someone with a disability should also be doing. And so I think that really does go to show like, it's not that different. And yes, maybe you might hear it and think all these things and have all these fears, but if you actually take a step back and listen and learn and be open-minded, you'll realize that it's not what, it's not this big, scary thing that you think it is. And it's not something that's going to stop you from having a healthy and incredible relationship, which obviously you've proven that. And I think that's something that is really important. And I hope that people can take away um, from this episode. Yeah. I, I hope people take, take that away from this. Like I want people to realize, you know what, like you, you are very capable to be like in a good relationship, but again, a two way street. Mm -hmm. That's just, 
that's okay. just that's how relationships are. It's a two way street. You can't just be like, we're doing this and that's it. Like that's not how things work. Like it has to be like a kind of a, an agreement. Um, and like you said, right? Like it's I honestly, you can literally put this on a pamphlet. Like literally, how do how to be in a successful relationship? One, show interest. Two, set healthy boundaries. Three, be honest. Like all those things are like this beautiful trifecta. It's like it's this, it's like with teaching. So someone told me this. They said teaching isn't just like delivering a lesson. It's it's delivering a lesson. It's main making sure the class doesn't go to complete disasters disasters own. Like you got to control it. And there was a third part. Um, oh, the actual like lesson itself. So like curriculum, curriculum management, and the lesson. So like those three things are like kind of the the, the bare like structure. If you have that triangle, if you have that triangle, you're good. Like, and it's the same thing with a relationship. If you have those three things and you build from there, you're good. There's no, like it's it's people make this idea that relationships are so hard and so challenging, but really they're almost as simple as basic math. They can be. Yeah. It's like these fundamental skills. It's like yeah. communicate. Well, we, but we were never taught to communi- communicate. And it's like, well, we'll just practice. Just try it. Just mm-hmm. say what's on your mind like, and, and, and listen to what the other person has to say. Mm-hmm. And it's so much, it's so much, we, we make it so much harder than it needs to be. You're right. We, really we, do. We, do. we do. And I'll be honest, like something I'm, I need to work on is how to communicate with people. Like I have a hard time texting people. Sometimes when I was with my ex, like I didn't talk, like I would just be really quiet and she thought I was upset about something and she thought I was really mad or I was moody. And it's like, no, no, I'm not mad. I'm not upset or anything. I'm just quiet right now. And like, if something was upsetting me, I didn't know how to put it into words. So I'd be like, let me kind of like, what is, what is bothering me? And let me just like, think it through, think it through, think it through. Okay. This is what's bothering me. And that could upset some people because it'd be like, hey, why didn't you tell me this right away? Because well, I didn't know how to put it into words. Like sometimes I don't know how to put my answers into words. Like you're saying I'm losing a lot of hand, I'm losing a lot of hand motions. Clearly I'm, uh, clearly I'm Italian. So, <laughs> so in that sense, like I'm, there's a, like that's something I got to work on. My communication skills. I'm not, I'm not a very communicative person, but you know, once you get someone out of their shell and they learn how to communicate and they get to that point, you can, you can have something really beautiful. That's what relationships are. There's supposed to be this really, really beautiful thing that you cherish and is special to you as a person. Yeah. And you just, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's the best way I can put it. I'm going to be completely honest here in the spirit of honesty. Like before doing this episode, I would never have thought I could date somebody with Asperger's because they're basically normal. I hear the term and I think of the misconceptions and I think of things that I've been told from media and from, I don't know where these ideas come from, but like we've been talking for an hour now. I hate the term normal, but like you seem so normal and you are. And it's, it's like, you're like having Asperger's is not what defines you. What defines you is who you are, the type of person you are being Mm -hmm. kind, being thoughtful, being emotionally mature, having the experiences that you've had, like, and, and the things that you like, like that's what defines you, not your disability. And I think that's something that people really need to work a little harder to recognize and to Mm -hmm. understand. And that's, that's why I'm here admitting like that I had a different perspective before I started talking to you. And so that's something that I really hope everyone can challenge themselves to do is to really be open-minded and really don't define somebody by a term that you hear about them or by a diagnosis or a disability. Like 
we all have shit. If people define me by being anxious and depressed, like mm-hmm. you, you like when in talking to me for an hour, you don't think of me as like an anxious, depressed person. Like that's not what you define me as. That's not what people interpret me as, but that is a part of me. And that is something that I carry into relationships, but that's not who I am. You know, so I think, sorry to cut you off. Um, it's funny you brought that up because like, that's a whole other, like you brought your, you know, your own experience with anxiety and depression, which I didn't know about. So like, I can, you know, I I can speak on that. They kind of, they kind of go hand in hand, like Asperger's and like these other things like depression and anxiety. Like I was diagnosed with depression. I was Oh man, I can't believe I'm about to say this on a podcast. I was actually like three previous attempts at there's your trigger warning. Uh pre pre uh previous attempts at uh suicide. So and like it was just because I was so depressed and I was so shut down and it was just an absolute like the it's it, and again, you kinda have to figure out how to find your your own happiness and you gotta kinda let people figure out your own stuff. Like I something I didn't know until maybe a little while ago was uh, people who have Asperger's, they're, they have the second highest suicide rate among teenagers. The only, I think the first is LGBT youth. So it's, it's, it's sad because it's almost like you're, you're almost like you're trapped in your own little bottle. Like I described it. I described it sometimes to my ex-girlfriend. I described it as like, I feel like an alien and I just landed on earth and I didn't know how to speak the language. And that's, what it, feel, it still feels like to this day. Like I, sometimes I feel like I don't know how, how to talk to people. I don't know how to say something in the right way. I don't know how to like, how do I just segue from what we were talking about into this? It's like, I don't know how to say, like, I don't know how to, I'm still learning that stuff. And it's, it's not easy. It never is. But I'm going to shut up now. You, you were on a really great point. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's not easy, but it's, it's all about like learning how to, how to do things and and taking it one step at a time and one conversation at a time and one person at a time. And, and yes, maybe you feel like that way sometimes or all the time, but that's, that doesn't define you again. Like that doesn't mean that you can't have amazing experiences, amazing connections, amazing relationships, amazing, an amazing life filled, filled with love. And, and so it's, it's just tough because we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and I think society puts pressure on us to just put people into boxes and define people for whatever we can just mm-hmm. so we can like categorize in our brain, like, okay, this person's that, this person's that, this person's that, but that's not how we should be doing no. it. Like that mm-hmm. is, that is fundamentally wrong. And it it's, is extremely it's, fundamentally it, wrong. It's robbing people of the opportunity to be themselves and to show you how great that they are. And it's like we always look for flaws in people when instead we should be looking for like what's beautiful about them and what we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. Like someone, something two very, very wise principles and vice principles have told me is there is no such thing as mistakes, but there is such thing as teachable moments. And I've had a lot of teachable moments over the past year. Like I've learned so much, not just about myself, I've learned I have to refigure out who I am aside from, but that's another point on another day. I've learned that you got to have to, I've learned that, you know, just because someone screws up doesn't mean that that does, that mistake does not define you for the rest of your life. You screwed up. You could do a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. Exactly. Like if you're constantly screwing up, okay. Like, I don't know what to tell you at that point, but uh, 
if it's like, you know, you did something wrong and you feel, you genuinely feel bad about it and you make the change, then you made the change. You, you did something, you did something, con- you did something conducive to your own betterment and to, to be a more active and good participant in day-to-day life. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess, like in this case, like this, you know, I, I can't, I can go back and like, I can bash and I could say this whole thing was a waste of however many months or how many years or whatever. But no, I learned so much about, I learned so much of my entire experience from this. I learned what I learned that I can be a good boyfriend. I learned that I can be, I have the ability to be kind and compassionate and empathetic and so on and so forth. I can do that. I've also learned, you know, certain things I'm not okay with certain things there is a there is a fine line and I've I've also learned there are times when I myself have to be more empathetic to situations and that's something I have to I have to learn I I have to learn how to walk in each in someone else's shoes better because I sometimes I don't know how to you gotta have that kind of awareness and if you're going in with with the hope and the expectation and the wish that they're going to walk in your shoes. It, I mean, that's amazing that you're able to learn that and able to realize that's something that you could do better at. And that, I mean, even with every breakup, I think we always try and figure out like what the other person did wrong and like what they should have done differently. But I think mm-hmm. it's really like brave of you to look within and figure out what you could have done differently and what you can do better in the future. Yeah. Like I, at the end of the day, I know I've got a lot more, I've got that. It's never going to end. Like this whole idea of like, you stop, you stop, you you figure your life out at like 27. Like that's not, that's not real. Like that doesn't happen. Like I'm 25 and like, I still don't have things figured out. Like you're like, what? I'm 27. I don't know what is going on in my life. (laughs) Hey, you know what? You have a dream career. You've got a, a boyfriend who I'm assuming is like fantastic. You treat you fantastically. Like you're, I think you're, I think your life's pretty much on, on its, on its up and up. So like, I see that as a positive. I yes, thank you. I tread lightly. I knocked on wood. Um, so let's let's hope. But um, yeah, I mean, with all that, I I just I do like to point out that like yes, it seems like everything is going great. But this, I mean, this past year is, was one of the hardest years of my life, and like I lost a friend to cancer. My dad was diagnosed um. with cancer. My mom was in the hospital a few times. My dog died. Uh, my parents sold my childhood house. Um, it's like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And so I, I just, I don't say that asking for like sympathy. I say that so people can realize like as good as things seem and as much as it seems like, yeah, well, I got a boyfriend, I got a new dog, I got a new apartment. It's like, yes, I got a boyfriend after years of being in terrible relationships that Mm. drove me to be depressed and incredibly anxious. Um, Yes. I got a new dog because my dog died. I got a new apartment because in order to get this new dog, I needed to get a new apartment. So yes, there are amazing things that you can like look at me and, and point out and stuff, but I don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for my support system and for the things that I do have going on because that kept me afloat. But um, I also don't want to be like, it, it goes back to like how we define people. Like you can't look at, like, I don't want people to look at me and be like, Alana has it all together. Like Alana has everything that I want because like, that's not true. You don't want to deal with any of the shit that I dealt with this past year. I will um, say though, I'm very sorry for like assuming that's that, that is something else too. You should never, never assume about anyone. That's, yeah. that's, 
that's something I, I know I got to work. I got to stop assuming things and just make an ass out of you we and me. Do. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> but um, that's, we, we all, we all are guilty of it and it's, it's unfortunate, but it, yeah, we assume things, we define people based on our assumptions. I mean, think about all the people now we're going off on a very far tangent oh, no, right now, fine. but think about all the people that we see on social media who we instantly put in a box to find and based on our assumptions about them. Mm-hmm. And we don't know them. We know nothing about them. Yeah. We could we assume they're happy, they are. but they're probably miserable. That's, yes, that's just the, the general sense of it. Like, I, I think I taught a whole lesson about this. I'm like, just because someone looks happy doesn't mean they are. They're probably just doing this for clout. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a matter of like, you know, you, you kind of have to do your own sort of self growth. You know, it's funny. There, there's another podcast I listen to. It's called, um, you may have heard of it. Two bears, one cave. I haven't. What's it about? It's like a comedy podcast with uh, Tom Segura and Burke Kreischer. And they're like, they're basically like two comedians, the friends of Joe Rogan. And they kind of, they just kind of just bounce off each other. And they had um, another comedian on Bobby Lee. And he was talking about his like really bad experiences, like as a kid. And he's, he kind of said something like that's always stuck with me. Like you kind of have to self-analyze and be like certain things really don't matter. Because he had talked about how like his father like and his his parents were very like very homophobic and they said like he, they say like really messed up stuff like oh you were gay whatever and he's like being gay doesn't really matter yeah I kind of have to like self analyze and be like hey like some of this stuff doesn't matter which kind of goes all around but like back to like what we were talking about having a disability really doesn't matter it doesn't like yeah. like you have anxiety and depression you and I don't think at least I would assume I I don't know but. I would like to believe that that doesn't matter to your boyfriend. You probably think, you know what, that's a part of you. And that's, and that's okay. That doesn't make me feel any different about you as a person. That's, that's healthy relationships. Healthy relationships is I see the person and you, you, you have feelings for them or you love them or you you feel that and you're like, this is the person this is the person I'm going to like, I don't care what you've been through. Your, well, I do care. I, your experiences are a part of you, but they, they are not you. Your experiences are not you. Yeah. We all have, we all have limitations. It's just that everyone's limitations are different. And some people's limitations yeah. have a clinical term attached to them and a stigma that comes with it. Mm-hmm. But we need to all do better at looking past that and learning more about it before we jump to conclusions agreed agreed well thank you so so much for being here i really really appreciate our conversation and i appreciate you opening up and and being so open to do this um this is i think a really one of the more important episodes and i'm just really grateful for you i feel like it was a lot of healing for me so thank you i appreciate that i did something positive for you too alana thank you to everyone who listened definitely send this to a friend a family member a co-worker uh, your dog walker somebody who would benefit from hearing this episode don't forget to give a five-star rating and review and we will see you next week this has been unfiltered